So I'd really prayed it would be memorable. It was our first, well, it wasn't technically our first Christmas at Light of the Valleys. I actually arrived like two weeks before the first Christmas. So our first Christmas Eve service, and maybe some of you were here, was just a very, very, very small gathering. Uh, But by the time the second Christmas Eve came along, in Christmas of 2019, really praying that it'd be a memorable night. And we, we reached out, we, we blanketed uh, the community with, with tons of postcards, and, and Mary, was, uh, she decorated the church, it was so beautiful, so serene, uh, it, was, it was just a, a wonderful, wonderful evening. We had all these, these mints, uh, these uh, little peppermint mints uh, bundled together with little strips on them that, that shared uh, the theme of the night, uh, which was uh, the passage we're looking at today. God so loved the world uh, that he gave his one and only son. It's the same theme we just had for Candyland not too long ago. It was our same theme for soccer uh, camp uh, last year. And, and so, you know, you're praying for this just to be a memorable night. And we had 68 people, 16 first-time guests. It was a memorable night. But probably, probably not because of the message that was given that night. Also, probably not because of the music that was played that day, but because this was the scene afterwards. A uh, new set of Christmas lights uh, we had. As, as smack dab during the middle of our worship service that day, uh, our neighbor just over on the other side of that wall uh, was robbed uh, during the middle of our service. And then um, one of the employees, or the employee came over here because she had been bear sprayed in the face during the encounter. And so she needed some assistance. And so, uh, yeah, it was memorable, right? And and it just goes to show uh, that you can plan and pray for things all you want, and and yet it doesn't always go just so, right? Uh, You can define things, how they're going to go to the minutest detail, but it's often the indefinite things that are memorable, Today, I would pray once again that this time the indefinite things are memorable for you. No, I'm not expecting them to be robbed uh, during the service today. And if there's any funny stuff going on in the parking lot, we got Joe perched at the, at the door there uh, for us today. Um, but to look at the indefinite part of John 3, verse 16. It's that five-star passage that is almost always on top of lists for the most popular passage of the world, or most popular passage of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son uh, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So English class today, what's the indefinite part of that very popular passage. It's the little word, whoever. Whoever. Indefinite pronouns can be very frustrating at times. Let's say grandma calls up and says, hey, I'm stopping over sometime today. And you say, great, can you give me a definite time? She says, eh, just whenever. How does that make you feel? 
I mean, do I have enough time to put all the garbage away and put all the clothes away? Or, or do I have to shove them quickly into a closet or in the bathtub and close the curtain and hopefully she doesn't sneak a peek behind the shower curtain, right? Um, you know, or if someone says, hey, I'm going to, hey, I'd like to take you out to supper and we can go wherever you want. That's a very frustrating thing. You know, because they're wherever maybe something like Steak and Shake, and you're wherever maybe Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, right? And I mean, there's a huge difference between $1 sign and $4 signs of TripAdvisor. And, and so the indefinites, I don't know, it depends maybe how you're wired, but indefinites can be very frustrating. They can cause a lot of confusion. And, and so, so I, I'm not a huge fan of indefinites. But there is nothing more comforting, nothing more assuring than this indefinite uh, that God includes for us in John 3, verse 16 today. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him. Uh, let, let me explain that a little bit before we, we dig into it. I think it is good. I just read it. Uh, but it's good to understand the context. I think we can recite, you know, even the kids, great job today, being able to recite John 3, verse 16. I'm not sure we always remember the situation that's going on. So it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation uh, between Jesus and a guy by the name of Nicodemus. Right? And, and Nicodemus has been observing Jesus as a teacher from afar, and he's, he's been rather impressed. He says, man, I can tell you from God. Uh, from the way that you've been teaching and doing things. And yet Nicodemus was also part of this group of people called the Pharisees. He was also part of the Jewish ruling council. And the Pharisees and Jesus did not always see eye to eye, which probably explains why Nicodemus was coming under the cover of night. Uh, his, his colleagues probably would not have advised, you know what, why don't you go and see what you can learn from Jesus. Uh, so he's coming there at night, and... And, and Jesus starts talking to him. And again, you know, what's, what's the friction uh, that's maybe between Nicodemus as a Pharisee and Jesus? This is very broad, painting with broad strokes here. Uh, but you could say Jesus was all about grace. God's love for everybody. God's undeserved love for all. And Pharisees... I would say, this is a nice little rhyme, if God's about, Jesus is about grace, they were about race. Uh, they were more in tune with, hey, you have to be part of the Jewish people. You have to be, a they, they prided themselves in being a child of Abraham. Uh, they, they very well understood that promise uh, that, got, that we heard earlier from Genesis chapter 12 where God came to Abraham and said, guess what, I'm going to make you into a great nation. What they didn't necessarily remember was that whole thing about all peoples on earth uh, being blessed by you. But they, they prided themselves in their pedigree, who they were, right? That we're children of Abraham. So if Jesus was about grace, uh, they were more about race. And you could also say Jesus was about faith, and they were about works pedigree and performance and position was really the pharisaical way. Now, before we jump all over the, you know, guys like Nicodemus and say, how could you be so stupid? Um, I think we also maybe have to admit just a little bit 
that there's a little bit of Pharisee inside of every one of us. I, I, I've heard it, I've seen it, I've thought it. Uh, you know, it, when we say things or when we think things like, you know what, Grandma's in heaven because she was just, she was just the sweetest grandma in all of Grandma Land. Right? I'm not saying that Grandma's not in heaven. But I am certain that Grandma's not in heaven because she was a sweet lady. Now that's our little Pharisee talking. That says, I get to heaven because of what I do. Uh, because of, of how I perform. Um, you know, and, and so that, that's there. Or I, I even think about it from the, the flip side, is that you, know, you guys are, are really great about uh, inviting people into our congregation or co connecting them with Jesus in your own way. And, and maybe you know, you're, you're constantly looking at coworkers or neighbors, and, and maybe you're saying, oh, could I invite them, or could I invite them, or can and I do this too? And, and then, but if we ever have this thought inside of our mind that says, you know what, well, you know, I'm not going to invite them because th they're not really church people. What leads you to that conclusion? Do you come to the conclusion, well, they're not quite as good as I am? You know, they, they wouldn't match up to what, what we're like. You know, so it's, it's easy. I, I, every one of us would say here today, yes, it is all about Jesus. I know we would say that. But it's so easy and maybe shockingly to see in our own lives how often Pharisee, that little Pharisee, speaks, right? And how it becomes about who I am, my pedigree, or it becomes about who, what I do, my performance. Uh, which is why you and I really all need to pull up a chair and, and sit down next to Nicodemus and be tutored uh, by Jesus as well. Uh, and we need to hear... Uh, this little indefinite pronoun here comes so quickly that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him. What does that whoever do? It really knocks down my pride. It tells me, you know what, I'm not that special. I'm just a whoever. It, it, it maybe leads me to realize that it's, it's not about what I've done or where I've come from. Uh, it's not because I made it through the snow today uh, that, that makes me, uh, you know, someone that's, that's saved. No, it's, it's, it's whoever. And likewise, that whoever also on the flip side lets people, let me know that people, other people aren't going to hell or perishing because they're worse than me. No, uh, what, what Jesus is very clearly saying here, it does not matter on your pedigree, it does not matter on your performance, it does not matter on your position in society or in your family or in your church. It, whoever knocks down my pride, but at the same time, what that little whoever does, it also lifts me up from despair. You see, I, I, I think the devil is so great at utilizing what I call the two-ditch theory. All right, so let's say this, this is the pathway to heaven. You're not the only ones going to heaven, so are they, all right? But let's say this is the pathway to heaven, right? And what happens? 
we often find ourselves in this ditch, all right? This ditch that says, I'm going to heaven because I did this and this and this and this. I'm a good person. And, and you know, I come from a good family or whatever that it is. And I, I've done all these wonderful things. And then you hear a passage like this, John 3, verse 16, and Jesus just blows that thinking out of the water, right? He says, no, it's for whoever. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. And so when Jesus takes us out of that ditch, instead of coming right here, what does Satan do? He lures us all the way over to this ditch. And you, he says, you, well, you heard what Jesus just said. It's not about what you do. And you know what? There's no way that, you, that Jesus would ever love you because he knows what you've done. And, and you're, no, you're nowhere near good enough. You thought you were good enough over there. Now, now the devil's whispering in our ears say, you're not good enough to get into heaven. And, and he just pummels us with, with, with despair and guilt. And, and now that word whoever brings me right back here. When I'm feeling too high, whoever brings me down. When I'm feeling so low, whoever brings me up. Because it assures me, what, what, what does Jesus say here? He doesn't say, whoever lived a squeaky clean life will, in, will inherit eternal life. He doesn't say, whoever had the perfect marriage will, inter, will, will live eternally. He doesn't say, whoever, you know, whoever never skipped church will make it into heaven. No, he just says, whoever. Period. And that's for our comfort today. That you can find yourself in that little whoever. I'll put it this way, you know, find definite comfort in God's indefinite. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him. Are there any more all-inclusive words than those? Are you part of the world? Are you a whoever? Of course you are. And so find definite comfort in God's indefinite whoever. But then maybe the question becomes, okay, so I'm included in God's whoever. But how do I know that I really get eternal life? How do I really know that this Jesus can get me to heaven. That's where we need to transition from the indefinite to the definite. Uh, to focus in on that first half of, of John 3, verse 16, this five-star passage that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It doesn't say... Who are him or her or it, right? You know, there aren't many hymns or hers or its that get you on the pathway to heaven. There's one pathway to heaven, and it's one him, and his name is Jesus. Elsewhere in the Bible, Jesus puts it this way. He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. Definite articles. And it's basically what he's saying the same way here. He's saying, yes, whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. One and only. 
You know, and I think when we hear those words, one that God gave his one and only son, I think we often stress how difficult it must have been for the father, right? To give up his one and only son, that, that he loved the world so much that he was willing to give up his child for it. Yes, yes, definitely. It is a, it is a, a mark, uh, it is something to praise God the Father for, that, that he was willing to send his son, that he gave his son into the world. But I, I think sometimes we, we wrongfully stress like, oh, yeah, you know, this was so great because it was his one and only son. If any of you have multiple children, would it be easy to give up one son if you had two? You know, I have three kids. Does that mean two are dispensable? No, right? I mean, I think sometimes we, we, we put the, the stress on the wrong part here. It's not so much that he gave up his one and only son, but the, the stress is that Jesus is the one and only. In other words, there's nobody else like him. You and I are children of God, but this was the one and only son of God. Jesus is the one and only true God and true, true human wrapped up in, those, in one person. Jesus is the one and only person who could, who could lead a perfect life and, and offer an innocent death. Jesus is the one and only who could, who could give up his blood on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins, and God the Father accepted the payment. Jesus is the one and only who could walk away from the grave by his own accord. Jesus is the one and only who could conquer death. Therefore, Jesus is the one and only who can give eternal life. Jesus is the one and only gives eternal life to you. And that's what I would pray you remember today. It's a simple Bible passage, but put it to memory. And find care and, and, and comfort and confidence, first of all, that you are John 3, 16's indefinite. You are the, the whoever that God was willing to send his son for. But then also find comfort and confidence in John 3's definite. That Jesus was the only one, the one and only, who could save you from perishing and give you eternal life. And that's what he's done. Definitely. And so may that give you care and comfort today. May you remember that passage as you go about, not just today, but the rest of your life until you have everlasting life. Amen. Please stand now as we join our hearts and voices in the words of the